You're about to hear a true story of someone who has taken life's lemons and made lemonade. I am Heidi, your host, and thank you for joining me. Do you say your name is L, just E-L? Yes, it's short for Eleanor, um, but only my mother and the bank and possibly the doctor calls me (laughs) Eleanor. So you you can call me L. Well, Elle, welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand. I am super excited to talk to you and feel your energy and get to know you better. So start out by telling me just a couple of things about yourself. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. It's my absolute pleasure to be here. So I should tell you, I am Elle Edwards and probably for lots of your listeners, I'm quite far away. So I'm in South Wales in the UK. And my fun fact is I live in a town called Llanethly, which has far too many consonants. It's spelled double L-A-N-E-double-L-I. Um, but yeah, Llanethly is the town where I live. That's your fun fact. <laughs> wow, that is a mouthful. I'm not even going to try yeah. to repeat that. So <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> thank you for sharing that. So now you've got to tell me all about you and your lemon to lemonade story. Tell me, t- take me back. Tell me why you do what you do now. We should probably start the story because we're going to give you the short version. Otherwise we'll be here all day because I love stories. But the, the, the short version of the, the the lemon piece really starts right where I am right now. The same house, the same husband, the same three children who are now teenagers, exactly as I am right now. But it was a point in my life where I was the most miserable and frustrated and pent up uh, that I, I, I can still feel it viscerally in my body when I remember that time. Uh, and on the face of it, I had everything I ever wanted. I wanted to fall in love and get married and have children. And there I was in my mid to late 20s and I had fallen in love and I got married and I had children and I was really fed up and angry. I did a really good job of pretending. Um, my children, thankfully, were young enough. They have no memory of angry, grumpy mum. My husband does remember it. <laughs> But he's very loving and forgiving. Uh, but it was it was a really frustrating time in my life. And it really, with the benefit of wonderful hindsight and the journey that I've been on since then, it was simply because I was trying to, to show up and be this picture of what a perfect wife and mum should look like. Uh, and the pressure, societal pressure, a part of it probably, we have this idea as women in particular of how, you know, we've got to juggle all of the things. But it was a lot of pressure that I put on myself as well. You know, I was, all I wanted to do was be loved and, and just trying to do it all. It all came to a little bit of a head where I had, through a really random thing, it was through a Bible weight loss course, uh, which I've always been a curvy girl. I'm still quite curvy now. But God used, it was a real example of God meeting me where I was at and using what I needed. Uh, because as a result of that weight loss course, I was given this awareness that God was interested in every aspect of my life. And for the purposes of weight loss, that was the teaching was he's interested in what you put in your mouth as well. So if you're tempted to eat a chocolate bar when you're not hungry, you could talk to God about it. This was like, poof, blew my mind. Like it was completely like, I mean, I prayed the prayer when I was 12. I was brought up in a Christian family. I'd gone to church. I'd stopped talking to God quite transparently. My husband is, was an atheist, probably agnostic. He's on his own journey, shall we say. Uh, so I had stopped talking to God, but I prayed the prayer. But it was a really move from being being sort of scared out of hell when I was 12, suddenly in my mid-20s being loved into heaven. And this realization, well, actually, if God loves me just as I am, maybe it's okay just to be me. And this was really the start of the UEA journey. And everything that I do now and all the stuff that I get excited about and help other people with 
I didn't know then that God was really setting me up uh, to make, help me be happier. Like, honestly, Heidi, you wouldn't recognize me. If I passed you on the street, that person, you'd be like, oh, what's wrong with her? She, she could do a cheering up a bit. And people are like, really? I know your listeners can't see me, but like we've smiled almost the whole time we've been together. I love helping people smile. Don't get me wrong. I'm still grumpy sometimes. You know, there are moments in the day, particularly half past 10 at night, my middle daughter, she she likes, she's a night owl and she chooses that time to have her big 16 year old deep and meaningful conversations. I'm like, do we really need to do this now? But so I'm not, I don't want anyone to think, oh, well, you know, we should just be happy all the time because anyone who tells you they're happy all the time is either lying to themselves or they're on something. But it is, it just feels like the difference between night and day, uh, where I was then to where I am now. And like I said, I didn't know, God really did save me for myself and then some and took me on this whole other journey to, to, but, but the funny thing is I am literally in the same house. We still live where we did then, nothing's changed. My young little, cute little children have become teenagers, which everyone told me would be terrible. I love being a parent of teenagers, they're great fun. But you know, it's, but it is like night and day and really it was, it was God's love. and. So one of the things I get most excited about now is helping people see, get to know God as he actually wants to be known by, by them. Hang on, does that sentence make sense? Getting to know God as he actually wants to be known. Yeah, there you go. I was tripping up over my own words. Uh, and then also helping people see themselves as God sees them, you know, because the, the work of art, you know, every single person, we're told that if you love, you are of God. And yes, there are some people for whom that, 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 that God piece might be buried quite deeply and we might go, God, help me see this person as you see them. But everybody's that glorious work of art. And so I just get really excited now to help people embrace everything that, that God dreamed them into existence with. That's kind of where we are. <laughs> Yay. I love it. It's like, you don't know this, but you have just told my same story and it's so amazing. I love it so much because I always tell people, you wouldn't recognize me if you saw me 20 years ago me you know mm -hmm. because that is you're just so negative and down and you have everything you want you have this family and the children that you wanted and the home you wanted but you're just not in a happy place you're just not mm. in that peaceful joyful state of living you're just negative and you want everybody to know it and you find the negative and that's how i was the same way and you do wow. you have to make that transition and change so what did it for you what was that final like wake up moment that you just went, I just want to be a more pleasant person. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. I think it was a, a little by little thing, okay. really. Last year sometime, one of my friends said, are you ADHD? I went, I don't know. I don't think so. And she sent me down a rabbit hole. So anyway, so I am a little bit ADHD and a little bit all over the place. But I part of the whole trying to, to be normal it was was, you know, making sure the kids got to school on time. Everything had to be neat and tidy and, and all of that stuff. And the reality is I've always been a total weirdo. I remember as a kid embracing the fact I was a weirdo and it we took it as an absolute compliment. For me, it was just little by little recognizing, well, actually, I can just be me. Uh, and so embracing the mess, acknowledging that I have a system on my phone of reminders, but don't ask me to remember something up here, you know, so putting those systems in place. And really, I almost feel like, because God did this whole thing without me even realizing it, all this stuff, he, he helped create this framework uh, before I'd even recognized there was a label for it. Uh, and it was only then when I talked to my friend and, and she's still working through some of that stuff. I'm like, oh, well, God kind of did that for me. Like I've 
I've written and published say like six novels. I've got a teaching degree. I've, you know, I did well in school. I sh- all of that stuff that should have not really worked, you know? Um, so anyway, to back to your question, I started to just simply be me. And I went, you know, so I remember, for example, when I was in, now my eldest is 18 now, she was about three or four. We have a thing here in Wales called the Mythrin. It's a Welsh word. It means uh, like pre-nursery, I guess. It's the kindergarten, I guess you'd call it. I remember, do you remember the kids are little, you get invited to concerts for them to sing their songs and they're invariably out of tune, but you smile and whatever. We had a little little get together. And as I was standing in line waiting to go in, I started in telling a story to somebody being me and I remember catching a little bit of an eye roll uh, from somebody oh here she goes again now that would have crushed me before and it did back then make me go hmm but the more that I started to do it I went you know what okay you know because actually the people I was telling the story to they loved it it made them laugh I mean if you live with me I can be quite exhausting uh truth be told but like my husband loves me and there's moments because he's he's much more introverted and much quieter and so sometimes I go Elle can you just stop just just be quiet for a moment I'm like yeah okay and I'll go find somebody else to talk to or like I have friends all over the world that's why I believe we were born for this age you know there's 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 always someone to talk to and part of the piece that uh, during lockdown actually God had me started journaling with him so now I've got like a captive audience because God is God and he never tires of hearing from us you know and and hearing his whispers and all that sort of stuff Uh, but but at the same time the people around me even the people I live with recognize that there are definite silver linings to me being me you know and so I guess I think it's the more that you step up and just embrace it with that underlying knowing that you are loved because this isn't about willpower in your way to love yourself. You know, there's lots of messages in the world. You should love yourself. I believe it starts by knowing that you are loved. Because if you know just how much God loves you and just how much you're on his heart. He was reminding me again just this morning. We do this thing, like I say, with a journal. And he keeps, I, I ask him every morning, like, what's on your heart? And he says, I'm going to say it again. You're on my heart. Love is so important to me. I grew up in a, in a what's the word? Uh denomination thank you holy spirit i grew up in a denomination that was all like hellfire and brimstone and like i say scared out of hell when i was 12 uh, i firmly believed you know what if everyone knew just how loved by god they are we wouldn't be scaring them out of hell they'd be going yes me too me too me too and he'd be going well of course you know and so it's just it, it's just that love piece is so important and one of the things i've been hearing more acutely over the last couple of years and I, this isn't really answering your question it's a side note but i feel compelled to mention it because in case it's confirmation for anybody else is the revival of his love and the way that he wants to be known by us i keep hearing whispers of his heart and and revival is spreading you know it's not going to look like it looked like here in wales in 1900 and whatever you know it doesn't happen in the churches it's going to happen over the internet, it's going to happen through conversations. It's going to be happening in your supermarket. His love is spreading. The kingdom of God is expanding, and He is doing something magnificent. And we get to be a part of that. You know, that just blows my mind and gives me goosebumps every time that you step up and be you, Heidi, and fully embrace everything that God's inviting you to do, and do that with Him. That helps Him bring the kingdom in. It's just, poof. yeah, it's it's what I get excited about. So. <laughs> I love your excitement. I love your passion. You are just so contagious. And I love that whole about just being you. Like, let's just accept ourselves where we are and what we're doing. And of course, we want to be better and improve and have goals, but just don't beat ourselves up in the process. Just accept where we're at and know that we are loved and that we're okay. 
And I think it's amazing the more real and raw we can be with each other and admit, you know, this is where I'm at and this is how I feel. Then people come and say, me too, me too. And you can find that connection without trying to be that fake, perfect person. So I love that you have that passion. So thank you. Oh, it's so true. No, no, it's my pleasure. I should add the caveat. I don't know, like me, your audience might not all be God people. It doesn't matter. You know, take, take from this, the pieces that resonate with you and then just leave the rest of it go. I've got dear friends. I already mentioned my husband who don't believe in God, but he loves you and he believes in you. So just take from this what you want. I want to put that out there. We don't want people switching off going, oh, well, this isn't relevant to me. It's all relevant to you. Uh, but there's a verse, Ephesians 2.10, that talks about that you are his work of art, his glorious creation, I'm paraphrasing. And there's a plan and a purpose. However, he was reminding me a couple of days ago yes there's an adventure yes there's a story that he's inviting you into but do you know what his love isn't dependent upon you stepping into that adventure his love is not dependent upon you saying yes to the story his love he loves you because he loves you because he loves you and so part of the thing that I always want to try and balance is yes I I get excited you know you kind of gathered that bit I don't hide it well and yes one of the things people who spend time with me go my one of my favorite things is oh I love that idea what's the first step or what's the next step because ideas locked in your brain are just wasted however we have to like you've said temper that with we are we are where we are at you know and I don't want anybody slipping into this performance driven piece you know and I'm guilty of that even I had a coaching call on Monday and God wrecked me he said you keep seeing yourself as a servant instead of my daughter and he had me do this I've got I have a collection of kettlebells in the corner of my office and so he I had this this prophetic act of picking up these really heavy kettlebells to represent all this stuff that I've been carrying and like and so you're quite right the more that we are honest about the fact that we're all just on a journey having this adventure doing the best we can. It's not about perfection. I do think we are called to excellence. We are called God helping us to excellence, but that's not perfectionism. You know, we're not about being perfect. We're about being progressive and it's about stepping into each day. Uh, but you might get tangled up on this word because my American friends struggle with it. Yuya is what I do. I, I help people be Yuya. It's you plus intentional expectant relationship. But the R at the end, it trips It kind of trips people up. However, I mentioned that because the IER piece is important. It's not just about you being you. It's about you doing that with him, intentional expectant relationship and he literally only gave me that acronym earlier in the year holy spirit was like ask me for an acronym i went all right then can i have an acronym please uh because when we try and do it ourselves we try and willpower our way through this you know it, we feel like we're making it up i get quite frustrated with uh, historically i have with goal setting i'm like i just feel like i'm making stuff up you know what you know whereas if we actually do it with god and trust that we've got god nudging us and guiding us it's a completely different experience which i know for the audience members who don't yet do life with god that will go over your heads don't worry you'll get there eventually that bit that's something to look forward to uh <laughs> so what are you doing now then what is your lemonade you have gone through this process so you're teaching people, you're coaching, you're writing. What what are you doing now to share your lemonade? It's um that's a good question. So it's it, in essence we have a, an online space called the Blue House. Uh, it it literally had a name change. So last week, in fact, October we were celebrating New Year's seventh birthday, uh, and a few about a month ago we started. I'm gonna get to your answer in a minute. I promise. There's a story to it though. Um, <laughs> I should have asked you beforehand, how long are your episodes meant to be? <laughs> um, I forgot to ask. We've, a few, about a month or so ago, uh, we picked a colour. We have our house painted. My house is now bright blue. Uh, it is the only blue house on the street. We've, it's raised some eyebrows. It's a bit like Marmite. You love it or you hate it. However, one of the pieces God was 
niggling me around was, you know what, you've got this online community, which at the time was called the Itchy Soul Playground. And he'd reminded me that one day we were going to have these in-person retreats. And he's given me this vision for it going to be here. And I was like, oh, but God, are you like I've got this niggle to change the name so we now have it's now called the blue house uh, I say that because I might have friends and I'm going to share this with my friends and they might be going they might have not heard the blue house story they might be like what so the blue house formerly known as the itchy soul playground is an online community I'm actually stepping away from traditional social media at the end of the year and instead yes I have a telegram channel for people who aren't ready for the blue house yet but in essence all of my energy is pulled into our online community so we have this space where you do life with people, you can explore, you can share the ups, the down. We have the prayer room, we have the playground, which is the area where you explore stuff. And we also have these small group spaces. Uh, and so, oh yeah, that's the other thing we're doing. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm writing a book, another book, um, live as, as part of, of the Blue House. It's called Structure Year Like a Story. Uh, and so one of the things, I've already got a goal setting book, uh, but one of the ideas Holy Spirit dropped in my mind at the end of September was actually, what if your year was structured like a story? I'm like, hmm, what do you mean? Because I, I, I have a bit of a love-hate relationship with goal setting. I go like, because a year is such a long time. So I used to set goals by 90 days. So I said to him, right, it's the final quarter. What are our goals? He's like, you don't need any new goals. If this is act three, what does act three of a story do? I'm like, well, it's about wrapping stuff up. And exactly. I'm like, ooh. So that's the thing. One of the things we're doing now is we're writing a book because it, it potentially will free people from the messy middle. You know, the bit in the, when there's trial and error in your goals, if your year is structured like a story, there's meant to be trial and error because that's what happens in stories. We try stuff up out and it goes wrong. And then we try, that messy middle is meant to happen. So what I'm doing right now for that lemonade piece is that's my most immediate. Um, but all of it, in essence, is about helping people be you here. Get helping them be who it is that God created them to be in that intentional expectant relationship. We do it through, I've got a podcast, we do it through, we've got like a little short podcast. And then my favorite way to do it is in the blue house. There you go. That's the shorter-ish answer of that one. Sorry. <laughs> it's not really about my goodness. It's about their goodness, really. It's about who learning who they are. You know, if you're tired of going, hmm, yeah, I, I you know, maybe because we particularly as, you know, we become like real grown-ups. I don't think you're a real grown-up until you get a phone call at 3 a.m. from one of your offspring asking to be picked up from the from the nearby town. That happened to me about a month ago. However, you know, when you get to a point in life where everything's fine, everything's good, you're like, well, now what? Yeah. Now what? This can't really be it, you know. And I, in it, if you get in that sense of hmm, that there should be something more. Yes, yes, yes. There will be things that God's niggling you around. The blue house has been around in different iterations. He's niggled about it at me for years, and I kept picking it up and putting it down and picking it up and putting it down, and it would not go away. Same with the fiction as well, you know. So everybody. Those things that are on your heart, they're on his heart. Um, but really, for people listening, because you know the, the Blue House isn't free, it's £20 a month, which I think is about $27. So it's not going to be an entry point. I think if people are listening and they're like, oh, I'd like to be Yuya, get the Yuya book. If you go to yuya.com, you can get it for free um, currently. It, we, it, we, yeah. And so that would be your entry point, really, because it does explore in more detail all of that stuff. Um, and Allow, helps you sort of have those conversations with God for yourself. That's ultimately on my heart is if, if any, if everybody, you know, has those conversations with God, you're not going to go far wrong. You know, that really are you like, he's the creator of the universe. He knows what he's doing, you know? So <laughs> um, that would, to me, I think would be the, that would be the, the starting point for people listening. Okay. We got to be you here. 
Yes. And you said it. Woohoo. Well done. Sometimes we're not God's first choice, but we're his first yes. I am not God's first choice for you, yeah, but I was his first yes. I mean, I know God knows the end from the beginning, etc. Like, we'll just park that bit for a minute. But so if anybody ever feels like, oh, well, I'm not the first one, doesn't matter. God only needs your yes. That's all he needs. Uh, and so that, that's a bit of an aside, but it does blow my mind a little bit to think, ooh, if, if there's something that God is niggling you to do, you know, then ask him what that looks like. There's, we don't, we don't want to let the something as what feels huge to us like a name to stop us. You know, we chatted about names before recording. Names are powerful. And at the same time, you know, and we know they're important to God, but at the same time, we don't want to let one thing, you know, the enemy will lie and tell you, oh, that you have to have this thing, otherwise you can't do it. No, it doesn't need to be perfect. Remember, sometimes it's about going, yes, okay, God, show me, you know, what this bit looks like and, and moving forward from there. I think we tend to think we're on our own. Mm. And I love how you remind us, like, show me what that looks like, because he does know all and he can share with us his knowledge. And we just have to ask. And we tend to think, oh, I've got to muscle through this and figure it out. And I get these roadblocks, I get these walls that I get up against. And he knows the end. So just ask him to show you. Definitely. Yeah, we tend to like, we tend to think that we should like wait for an SOS prayer before we bring everything. No, one of my favorite things last year during the start of lockdown, I again through a series of God incidences, I ended up on this course, which is great. It was a kingdom driven entrepreneurs. I don't know if you met Shay Bynes. Um, Anyway, she's brilliant. Her course is great. For me, the one takeaway was one exercise in one book. This guy said every morning with your notebook, write in your notebook, what's on your heart for me right now? There was a series of different questions. And so you you write and you pause and you write down everything you hear. That for me was how God had me be still and, and hear him. And I would encourage, and I do this in the UA book, I would encourage anybody, if you think that you don't hear from God, get your pen and your paper and go, okay, God, what's on your heart right now? Or ask him a question. What do you think about this? What, like I, everything now, my whole business is, is Holy Spirit led. Okay. What are we doing now? Even as much as like at the start, I mentioned my coach Monday who wrecked me. She wanted me to set money goals. I don't like money. I don't like numbers. It really freaks me out. I'm like, I can't hear him. Genuinely. I said, I can't hear him. So then we explore, well, why aren't you hearing him right now? We dealt with all the blocks and whatever. But he doesn't hide his voice. He He's whispering to you all the time, you know. And so I would really encourage if someone's listening, going, oh, I know I don't hear from God. Like I believed growing up that the people that really heard from God were like prophets and like super holy people. I'd had experiences where I'd read the Bible and a verse would leap off the page and I'd, oh, wow. But that was, you know, every now and again. I literally every single day now sit with my notebook and hear God's heart. You know, we do it in the, in the blue house. We release the, the Holy Spirit love notes. And the number of times someone's like, how did you know that's what I needed? I'm like, well, I didn't. That was a note from Holy Spirit to me, but he told me to share them with you as well. Like, you know, everybody can hear from God. You have Holy Spirit. And so there's the enemy will love to, to tell you that you can't hear his voice, that, you know, you need to sort your life out first or too evil. That's not true. You know, yes, I'm not saying that we don't need to sometimes, you know, deal with stuff, but everybody can hear from God. Yes, there are prophets. There are people who are called to deliver messages to nations and kingdoms, all the rest of it, you know. But if actually look at what it actually says in the Bible, no, everybody can hear from God. Prophecy, everyone should desire it. Paul said it. So anyway, that's an aside, but somebody needs that. So take it with what you want. No, this has been such a great reminder. I love it. My head is just kind of racing now of things like, what have I heard that I'm ignoring? You know, like you said, that little 
that little nudge of what we need to be doing. And I think it's a good reminder to all of us to listen a little bit more and especially listen more than we talk. You know, yeah. it's easy to <laughs> rant to God and I hate mm. this and I'm not happy with this and I'm worried about this and then amen, mm. you know, and it's like, no, we need yeah. to listen yeah. to what he needs us to hear. So I yeah. appreciate that reminder. No, it's my pleasure. And I also say like sometimes, you know, when you hear things, there will be, if, if you hear something and you're like, oh, and you hear it again and then like, oh, okay. I quite often go, God, is this you? Or is this me just like over-spiritualizing stuff? Because we don't want to over-spiritualize stuff. But sometimes more often than we realize it will actually be God giving you a bit of a nudge or reminding you that you're loved or whatever that looks like. So one of the things that I love in sharing with people uh, is, and it's, there's two things wrapped into one. It's, a th- it's, a, it's a how you can be a silver lining spotter. Given that we're about helping people turn their lemon into lemonade, we have to recognize, we've already said it, there are sometimes days that are a bit like, ugh, or moments in days that are a bit, ugh. I am an irrepressible silver lining spotter. I can't help myself now. But it's because of three words. And it was because of a conversation in 2018 where someone helped me identify what the three words are that I can now teach you those three words and you can use them anytime you want to to find the silver lining. How about we end with that? Yes. With the caveat, this is particularly useful for just like day-to-day niggles. I'm not suggesting that you could use this three-word hack if the dog dies, you know, or if something even more tragic than that. Like, I mean, I'm very blessed that right now at the time of recording, our dog dying in January is probably the most traumatic thing that's happened recently. I haven't lost any siblings or parents or whatever, but I have to feel it's important because this is not about like, you know, ignoring your feelings. So, you know, because sometimes really tough stuff happens. Uh, so with that caveat out of the way, so say like my, I give the example because it, it allows him to carry on being here, even though he did die in January. I was recording a podcast episode last year and my dog, Charlie, walked in uh, as we were talking about silver lining spotting. Uh, OK, if anyone's eating, pause this episode. OK, he walked into my office and vomited on the carpet. And I said to my friend who was doing this episode with, oh, Charlie's just walked in and vomited in the car on the carpet. Oh, I'll cut this out. She said, no, no, don't cut it out. I said, because we can use the three words. The three words are, but at least. So the dogs just walked in and vomited on the carpet, but at least, and this is where the food warning comes in, but at least it was only like foamy. There weren't any chunky bits in it. I know it's a really gross example, but maybe it'll stick in your head, but you can use it for anything, you know? So, so I can't even think of another example right now because I've had a really good day, but the next time something happens, that's like, Oh, that's really annoying. You acknowledge the thing. Okay. This thing happened. It's annoying. Okay. This thing, but at least, and then pause because your mind, I don't your mind or your Holy spirit or a combination of both, because remember God created our mind. So it works for everybody, regardless of whether you acknowledge God or not, your mind likes to fill in the blanks. So you pause and then you get your answer. And that is the three word hack, but at least, and your bonus um, piece is one of my favorite ever pieces of brain science. If I could clone myself or have my life over, I'd go and do neuroscience because I find it fascinating. Um, you mentioned already about my lovely yellow wall, which your listeners can't see, which matches my yellow car. When I bought that yellow car, I suddenly started seeing yellow cars everywhere. Maybe when you've, you know, if, if you yourself, because I know Heidi, you've got children, you know, when you find out you're pregnant and suddenly there's people with push, push, pushing push chairs everywhere, or maybe somebody listening, they've got suddenly a grandchild is on the way. 
it's because of a group of neurons at the back of your brain, which I'm sure Heidi, you know about, you've probably talked about on the podcast before, but it's the reticular activating system. Well, my friend's husband likes to call that yellow car thing because I bang on about it so much. This works as well because it, it's, it works in tandem with, with the, but at least, because the more that you consciously go out and look at what's lovely in that moment, the more that your mind will filter those things in. And it really works. We have a real world example of this on Facebook. The Facebook algorithm works because the things that you click on and interact with and and like and comment it shows you more of the stuff god made your mind first and your mind is there and so i have and some people are a bit like yeah i don't know if that's true just try it some people they you know the 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 neuroscience blows my mind like the way neuroplasticity our minds are not fixed anymore and so the way that we can actually like i've said it i'm like i'm naturally see the silver linings i naturally see random things that make me smile but i didn't used to you know, and the more that you practice it, you will lay down those pathways in your mind. It becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy. So that's like your little bonus piece of sugar in the end. <laughs> um, I am so glad you brought that up because it really is kind of that whole, what we focus on grows and it goes back to kind of the beginning when we started out and I said, yeah, I was that negative person and I would always go around proving the wrong and bad and hard things. I'm like, mm. oh, this happened so now this bad thing is gonna happen you know and i was so like we'd get extra money or a tax return and i just automatically say well that means something's gonna break now because we have some mm. extra money you know and it was just like i was putting that out there and then it would because i was yeah. looking for it oh yeah and again so it's your I mind it filters that. that in yeah oh, it's so true that and just you're changing that little bit instead yeah. of automatically assuming something's gonna break and just go let's save it and let's yeah. save it. And then before long, you start kind of going, hey, now we have some extra money. We should plan a vacation. And you just start kind of feeding that yeah. good and turning it into a better thing instead of assuming Definitely. the worst all the time. Yeah, and, so and it works that. the other way as well, though, because like I give the example of coffee. I make a cup of coffee. Imagine you make your cup of coffee in the morning and you spill your coffee. And you say to yourself, ugh, the whole day is ruined from here. Guess what happens? Your mind filters in all the examples to make it true. Or you can go, oh, well, the day can only get better from here. This actually happened to me, not with coffee. I remember oh, a couple of years ago, my, something had happened at the start of the day. And so this person on the phone said to me, oh, you're having a really rough start today, aren't you? And I remember this conversation I had with them. I went, yes, but it can only get better from here. And it did. No, and so you can you can work it both ways as well. And it Absolutely. does take practice. Yes. But people who maybe feel like they're a little bit Eeyore, just be encouraged. Even if you have to put reminders on your phone to buzz you every hour to practice pausing, looking around, what can I see that's lovely right now? You know, because the more that you do it, the more that you will train your mind to do it and it will help you out. So it, totally it's it, it's that. amazing. It yes. just blows my mind how our minds are just so powerful. Bonkers. Yes. I just did it last year during the pandemic. I had a reminder on my phone every day and it just said gratitude or be grateful, you know? And so I would stop yeah. and I'd see it and I'd think about all the wonderful things in my life and all the good things up until that moment of the day and all the things I was looking forward to. And it immediately switches your brain to where you're not feeling so, I love how you said Eeyore, that's exactly it. <laughs> just like, I'm sorry, you know, thanks for noticing me, you know, and it's like, no, this is a good day and there are good things happening around me and to the people I love and it just really yeah. switches where you're at. So put a reminder in your phone if you're not used to thinking that way, it will help you get on that track to being more positive and that will Definitely. change your life. 
That's oh, definitely. I mean, I maintain ultimately that if everybody just was you, yeah, that we would eradicate mental health issues because I'm sure if I'd gone to the doctor in my mid twenties, they'd have put me on antidepressants. You know, I'm not saying that everything. I know some people need the help of the chemicals, but a lot of it, we're walking around with labels when actually we just need to be who we are. Yes. So. <laughs> Thank you for reminding us of that. That is so well said. Just be yourself and it's okay if you're not in a perfect place right now, you can get to a better place. Just be you, be kind to yourself and be yeah. grateful. I love that. Thank you. Thank you it's for this pleasure. wonderful message. <laughs> you just totally made my day. I'm oh, so glad. yay. Genuinely making, helping people smile one of my favorite things to do. So you just made my day by telling me that. So thank yeah. you. <laughs> and I was already having a good day too, so. <laughs> And your yellow background already just made me smile to see the brightness and then your personality matches it. So it's just oh. been wonderful. It's been <laughs> just what I needed. So thank you. Oh, no, no. It's my pleasure. It's been so nice to meet you and get to be here and, and, and share it all. Thank I'm really you. glad, you know, it's just, it's meant to be. It's just, I don't know. It really was. It's what I needed today. You're still here? Well, then enjoy this little outtake from that interview. so great to meet you I'm excited to talk to I you. am as well yeah and the timing of it worked out great because the kids have got no school this week oh. uh, which means so normally right now I'd be off sitting in traffic picking them up so it's worked oh. out really well okay what time is it for you where are you at I'm in uh, in Wales in the UK wow. um and it is half past three in the afternoon wow and it's bright and early for me we're just getting started it's wow so, well I can tell you from the future that it is going to be a lovely day <laughs> I love <laughs> <laughs> I got quite a lot of friends in the US and I've got another friend who's in South Africa and she's an hour ahead of us so she and I take great delight in going on Voxer and telling our friends it's going to be great <laughs> oh I love that so much it's going to be a great day because it's over for you and it's just yeah funny. that is so cute <laughs> It's kind of like you don't want to pray for patience because then you're going to yeah. get all these terrible yeah. things that, uh, that teach you opportunities patience. Opportunities to practice patience. Yeah, yes, I've had that. Yes. I remember that. I did that last year. God, help me be more loving. And then my husband oh. really started acting up. Oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> like, no, I don't want to pray for any of that stuff. So when you're like, ask for God to show you, you know, this kind of this, what you should be doing. And I'm like, oh, you know, you have to be ready to do yeah. what he says. Yeah. But he also know. knows, he knows where you're at and he knows your heart as well, yeah. you know? And so I think we have to balance this stuff, don't we? Like, yeah, yeah. my whole, everything, I feel privileged that everything I'm doing now is with God, but at the same time, I wasn't there. I mean, I've been a Christian business owner for, I mean, like 12 years probably, but it's only been literally in the last two years, really acutely that we, okay, God, what are we doing? You know? And so it's a journey. It's little by little, isn't it? You know? Yeah. Um, and if you, if you start with that underlying bedrock of he loves me, he is for me, he is not against me, then it becomes easier. Yes, sometimes things get kept hidden. I understand we're not meant to know right. everything. I understand right. that piece. But at the same time, he doesn't want to leave you feeling stuck and afraid no, of him. You know, right. he's not, he's, there's nothing that you can't, I mean, look at Job, Job pours it out to him big time and right. accuses God of a whole load of stuff that I'm like, yeah, that's not really how God is, but okay. But God listened to it all and took it all. He didn't smite him. You know, he's, it's so, no, it's so true. You know, they're not just like, I know you know this, but like, sorry, I'm sound like I'm ranting again, but they're not just like characters in history. They're actual people. You know, they went to the toilet and they had to pull their trousers up and they probably had a bad hair day. And so um, it just gives me hope. That if those people, God doesn't choose the people who are like got it all together, you know, That's for sure. 
well, that's not that's certainly been my experience anyway. <laughs> nope, I totally agree with that. I've I've felt that actually just recently and just been very humbled that Aww. you know when God calls me to do something that I wouldn't feel like I'm able to yeah. do and he does he he uses you wherever you're at Aww. i need this interview right now i just need to smile and just have a good time so well there thank you, you go yeah <laughs> it's my pleasure i love Already making people smile completed. it's one of my favorite things to do so <laughs>